Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Tuesday, April 27th, 2021. I am Andrew Hansen alongside Joe Sarvati, who's affectionately known as Coach. And we have a nice, tidy six-game NBA slate to get after. Coach, that was a monster slate last night that got a little bit wild. I'll tell you what, that was an odd slate all the way around. Guys, you know, just underperforming, all medium performing, just interesting, crazy numbers, you know, down compared to where they've been. You know, it didn't take nearly as many points to to cash as it normally does. It was just a very, very awkward uh, night. But, hey, I you know, I was able to uh, definitely jump in there in, in all my cash lineups. So uh, normally those numbers wouldn't make it, but they did last night just because it was an odd night. So I'll take it. Yeah, your hybrid on the main slate got it done. I had a hybrid for the after hours that was solid. The rest yes. of it didn't quite work out. I had uh, Paul George and Zion in my main slate lineup, and they just they, – I mean, Paul George had – probably his worst game of the season in a smash oh, spot. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so it just didn't quite come together. But uh, we're, we're going to make amends with the rest of our lineups today, see if we can sweep Definitely. it across the board. And, and we weren't alone, by the way. Yeah. Everybody was squawking on social media <laughs> last night. <laughs> Craziness. Uh, yeah. Not to mention Minnesota winning against Utah again. Oh, my goodness. Now, that's unbelievable. And, I, you know, what was it? The last time I gave you the money line bet on that on the right. show, and yep. you wouldn't take it. <laughs> As a joke, and here they yep. go. I wonder what that number was. Man, the, that's crazy. The, oh, yeah, right, the actual money line. Yep. The actual money line. Yep. That would have been boxcars. That's, yep. that's nuts. Yeah, it was probably like plus 1,000 or 800 at I least. I think. It yeah. had to be huge. Yeah. Well, tonight we have those six games. We have seven of the 12 teams involved in a back-to-back. -back, and we do have three totals over 230. So we've got some exciting yeah. matchups, some good pace, some bad defenses. So get us started. Yeah, it seems fairly manageable compared to what we've been dealing with. Now, maybe that blows up later, but at least it seems somewhat cut and dry. So let's uh, let's take a run at it for sure. All right, the first game is at 7 o'clock Eastern. It's the Thunder, uh, 20 and 41 against your Celtics 32 and 29. Big news here for Boston specifically. Uh, the big man Williams is still questionable, but two studs, Walker and Tatum both out. So it's going to be all you can eat Jalen Brown, I'm sure across the industry and and with me as well. And then uh, the nice thing about uh, being able to play Brown is uh, there's a good chance Dort might not play. He's questionable. I'm hoping he doesn't play so that Brown has full run. Uh, if Dort does play, it certainly uh, puts the squeeze on that that automatic plug-and-play Brown play. But uh, Dort's questionable, and Bradley, the other center, is questionable. So um, we also have the, the uh, added twist here of Boston on a first night of a back-to-back -back and OKC on the second night of a back-to-back. -back. And Boston's a... a double-digit favorite at minus 11, and the total is only 216. So there's a lot of negative things here as far as playing guys in this game. Uh, from a pace standpoint, OKC is a reasonable eighth, but Boston, we know, is not a fast team at this point at 21st. Defensively, Thunder struggle at 25, Oklahoma City, uh, Boston right in the middle at 14. So 
You know, it's not uh, definitely my favorite game by a long shot on this on this uh, slate, but it's like I mentioned in the intro because that's I think the key thing is, you know, doored out, and that makes uh, our man Brown a hundred percent play for me. If Dort does play, you know, I've got to think through the Brown uh, play, but I'm probably going to use him anyway, just because statistically with Walker and uh, Tatum off the floor, um, it, it, you know, he just goes right through the roof. The other guy that, that I want to mention, Andrew, and I, I've got a feeling this seems like your type of guy in this type of spot. So I've, I've gotten to the two brains uh, sometimes uh, co-mingle, I think. But mm-hmm. Marcus Smart makes a lot of sense tonight because uh, the extra usage, uh, the style of game it'll be against the Thunder. I think, uh, you know, I have no problem uh, spending the bucks, if especially if Dort sits for uh, Brown and Smart. Because even though I think Boston beats the Thunder uh, pretty fairly easily, Without the two big dogs there uh, in in Tatum and Kemba, I think you know those will be the two that really get it done. Um, and then on the Oklahoma City side, you know I've been riding Baisley here. He's played well. He was killing it last night. And then they got beat by like a million, so he he didn't play towards the end. But I do think this is a good matchup for him, especially with you know the fact that Bradley is doubtful. Or questionable, you know, it, it opens up those big minutes and some rebounds and things inside. Moses Brown is not playing monster minutes. I mean, he's not a bad play, but I don't trust his minutes. I think Baisley's are safer. So if I was going to pay up on that side, uh, I would go Baisley. If you want a super punt play that's cheap, I guess Roby comes into play uh, off the bench with uh, Bradley not playing. So you know, not the worst game, not my favorite, but the Dort news will determine, you know, how that goes. And then I'll I'll pass it to you with this question. If Dort does play, is he in your player pool? Because I'm considering him as well. Yes, indeed. I mean, does the sun mm-hmm. rise in the east? Exactly. That's it's, what it's, it's become for Dort now, if he, especially if he's still in the 6K range on both sites. You check your phone because I think Bogdanovich is a little jealous. He's getting mad that you're, <laughs> you're changing allegiances here. <laughs> yeah, well, thankfully, there's enough room for both of them. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, he's got this hip issue, but he played big minutes in the last time. I think they're just, you know, managing their record really more than managing his health because they yeah. know how outstanding he is. If he's out there, it changes the game completely for OKC and their prospects of winning. So he's certainly in the mix, and I agree with you. If he plays, it really makes us hesitate about Jalen Brown. So we'll we'll keep working on that. I'm not ready to pick out an OKC guy. Other than that, um, you know, so many guys split minutes. Um, so really, for me right now, it's Dort <clears throat> or pass. Jalen is a is a key guy for me. Smart, I think, is also playable, like you said, and then. There's a chance that one of these other guys is going to pay off. These aren't the value plays that I love. Guys like Grant Williams, Jabari Parker. I mean, the great price. Grant Williams might start. Um, not going to play Semi Ojale. Um, and then Peyton Pritchard. You know, he's probably the one I'd be most excited about. 
It's not a tremendous value in terms of price on FanDuel, better on DraftKings. <clears throat> and then Evan Fournier, you've got to mention that in that last game, he played 20 minutes, only took three shots. Yeah, so weird. talk about a GPP play uh, in the 5K range. I mean, he could play a lot more minutes and get a lot more shots, but does he hit? That's the question. So, yeah, yeah I feel better about Brown and Smart right now. Not thrilled about the Celtics value. Yeah, yeah. All right, game two, we have Milwaukee and Charlotte. This one's on M- NBA TV. Bucks favored by nine, 223 and a half total. And we have Tucker and Kurooks questionable for the Bucks. Monk and Darling still questionable for Charlotte. Really probably closer to doubtful. And this one is, uh, you know, it's an okay situation here. It's not one of the three high totals, but we do have Milwaukee's good pace. Charlotte's about average. Charlotte's slightly below average defense. So uh, if you look at uh, the first time these guys played, it was high scoring. They combined for 240 points. Charlotte won that one, actually. But Hayward and LaMelo Ball were playing, so obviously we have a much different set of matchups here. Uh, So I like Milwaukee's chances a little bit better in this one. Giannis, I really like how he's trending. Right around 60 fantasy points for the last three. So when you look at the big three for Milwaukee, uh, he's probably where I would turn. Obviously, he's ultra-expensive. Really changes the the build here on a six-game slate if you go in that direction. Um, I'm not feeling like any of these Milwaukee guys are a must-play, but all playable. Um, Connaughton would be probably the one guy off the bench I might look at. With Charlotte, uh, you know, I wouldn't mind a guy or two here to take advantage of Milwaukee's pace. Uh, My man Cody Martin really stepped up in the last one as the starter. Got about 40 fantasy points. He's really a a nice cheap value play on this slate. Um, Bridges has been priced up a little bit. PJ, uh, now that his performance is is getting better and better, his price is going up and up, so a little bit harder to to push that button. Um, So... You know, it's just, it's a decent game for me, but I I probably am going to rather spend most of my salary elsewhere and and look more at at a potential value play here. How about you? Yeah, this this is a tough game. Uh, It's not one of my favorite on the slate. And, you know, I'm actually so far able to build more of a medium to upper medium build, which it seems like we never are able to do that anymore because of the massive value that opens up with, you know, 50, 60 guys sitting on any given card. We end up with value, super value plays, and then being able to pay up for the studs. It's just the trend around the entire NBA DFS world. But on this slate, if you can avoid Giannis and not take him, which he's tempting, of course, I think you've got a chance you know, to to not have to to dig down and and you know squeeze some of those Grant Williams kind of guys through you know and pray that he can get to five x, you know there's because we've we've been playing a lot of those kind of guys because of the the way that the the slates have fallen and the news has has come out, but you know it's interesting here I you know the the Kuruks Tucker being questionable those those guys especially Kuruks it's funny that he's always on the list and. I don't think anybody's ever played him. I don't know if he's played, but we mention him all the time. Anyway, uh, you know, is this game going to stay close? You know, it's you know nine, ten point spread. 
and, and you know, it's there's no no doubt that Milwaukee's a much stronger team with all the injuries from Charlotte, but it's going to take some big performances uh, from the Charlotte side. You know, I've I got a feeling that uh, Drew Holiday's going to face uh, Terry Rozier, Rozier, and likewise, and you know, the, those two guys are are tempting, but I do think defensively that they will give each other issues. I mean, they're very similar in their uh, defensive approach, and that concerns me a little bit. Um, if Devontae Graham's going to get those monster minutes at a low price, which I think his price is very fair, he's not the worst play. Uh, I do like your val- value, Cody Martin. I think it's it's finally happening, and I'm saying that, and it'll probably change tonight, but you know, Cody is getting the main play and not Kobe, and Cody is better. So if he's going to get big minutes, I, I do think at that price, he can be the value guy if you want to buy up somewhere. Um, Bridges has now gotten too expensive for me because he's an easy bust guy. And I, you know, we've talked about this multiple times. You know, how the hell do you trust PJ Washington when, you know, I'll never forget it when he goes 64 fantasy points and then eight. Mm-hmm. So you just never know what you're going to get from him. Um, you know, if you don't go Giannis and you try to save a few dollars there, you know, Middleton's always a decent play, but he will probably get Cody Martin defense and he is a dog on defense. So I'm not sold there either. So all in all, man, this, I just, I don't, I'm not going to play this game much. I, I just don't like the feel of it. I think the pace will be a little bit slower. Uh, you know, Milwaukee plays fast at times, but uh, not sure that they're going to be able to get a lot of those defensive transition uh, buckets like they do against some teams. So uh, possibly a Graham, possibly a Martin. Um, after that, I just I don't think I'm going anywhere in this game. You know, the only other thing at looking at Graham and Martin is we do need to follow the news on Monk. We talked about it before the pod. I see one spot he's questionable, one spot he's doubtful. But if Monk gets in that mix you know, that's going to take usage and shots away from the Graham, Rogier, and Martin group. So let's follow that news down to the wire, uh, you know, and then things will change next week. It sounds like LaMelo's getting close to coming back and, uh, you know, they'll they'll start getting it going again. So not my favorite game. And uh, I'm looking forward to getting on to look at this next game, Andrew, because it is also a seven o'clock game, and it is the juiciest on the board. It is Portland at Indiana. Portland on the first night of a back-to-back. Portland's thirty-two and twenty-eight, so they're scratching for a, you know the the right spot, trying to get up there in that seven through ten play-in scenario. And the Pacers are two games under five hundred fighting for their playoff life, and there's a good chance they won't make it, but they've just been decimated with injuries. I mean, you you, you know, you got to feel for them. Um, as far as pace goes, it's it's nice. Uh, Portland getting better, 18th. Indiana plays fast at 5th. Defensively, we always say it. We know Portland's horrible, only Sacramento's worse defensively, uh, like they showed last night against the Mavericks. Uh, ridiculous. <laughs> and then Indiana is uh, 13th, so in the middle of the pack, but not nearly 13th without Sabonis and Turner in there. I'd say more like you know mid-20s. So you do have some poor defense and, and decent enough pace 
and some good scoring teams. Portland is pretty healthy. Uh, they've got their main rotation in there, and they're, I think, going to make a little run here. Uh, Indiana, on the other side, is absolutely opposite. I mean, no Sabonis, no Turner, and questionable tags on Goga and Lamb. So we're back in the scenario uh, of sweating out, is Gogan going to play or not? And that was the big million-dollar question that we didn't know till the very end. Now, this is one of the 7 o'clock games, so we will have the answer. And, you know, it's to me, it's the same scenario. If Goga plays, I think he's playable. If he doesn't, Brissett is absolutely playable. Brissett has been a wonderful uh, play. I mean, he scores, he gets it done, he hustles. So we need that news. Uh, we'll not go back to Jakar Sampson. That experiment, you know, was a crash and burn big time. Why I ever put Jakar Sampson in a lineup, I swear. Sometimes it, it's amazing. You there's guys that you roster and you think afterwards, why? What was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> and Jakar Sampson is on that what was I thinking team. But uh, the guy that I want to mention, and and I've been touting him for quite a while, and he was he was solid. Edmund Sumner is stepping up, you know, and playing a pretty big role. I mean, somebody had to grab that usage with uh, Sabonis and Turner out, and then even if Lamb's out again. Uh, and Sumner's been the surprise guy to to grab a lot of that. Um, so he's playable to me, and I'm considering him. But the question is, who am I going to go with between Brogdon and Lavert? I love both of those guys. I think they're in complete smash spots. The big's out. Uh, the the uh, usage has been really split up between Brogdon and Lavert, and now Sumner in the mix. So there's three playable entities there. And then if Goga sits, Brissett is as well. So it could be a, a mini Indiana stack for me tonight uh, without question. I know Portland's playing well, but they score a lot. When they play well, they win 130 to 120 or whatever, you know, the other team's still scoring. So, uh, I, you know, I definitely want to go some on that side. On the Portland side, I think there's some good plays as well. Um, you know, I sort of like CJ better than Dame in this game. Uh, I, I just think it sets up better and the defensive matchup is better. Um, you know, I've gone to Norman Powell quite a bit. He's a little bit hit and miss. You know, he's been a big part of the team since he's gone there, but sometimes the usage doesn't come his way with with Damon and, and uh, CJ out there. But he's playable without question. Um, and then, you know, we have to talk about the bigs from Portland. Who's going to, you know, be the, the smash plays here, you know, with Indiana being shorthanded? Um, you know, Goga's not the best defender. He's a big, wide guy, and it would help if he played as far as Indiana goes. But Brissett is super undersized. He's he's way smaller than most centers. So first place you have to go, uh, for me, if Goga sits, Nurkic is my center. It's end of story. He's playing well. He's getting enough minutes to smash. And I think he gets everything inside. You can also consider Covington. And I know it sounds like, hey, coach, you're, you're recommending eight guys from this game. Well, I th this is a great game, a great matchup for strength versus weakness. And, you know, this game could be a really big number, uh, in my opinion. So, uh, you know, if Indiana gets hot and hangs in there, Levert puts up a big number, and this game, you know, 
goes to where everybody's playing fourth quarter minutes. I literally think you could play Lillard or McCollum. I'm leaning towards McCollum. I wouldn't count Powell out or Covington. Love Nurkic. Won't go to the bench, guys. I don't think you have to go to Canner here with, with lesser minutes. And then, like I said, on the Indiana side, you know, Brissett if Goga sits, uh, Sumner as a value play, and, you know, Le- Levert and Brogdon are. So this is the most I've ever probably recommended a game. And I, I think, as silly as it sounds, Andrew, I don't think it's not going to be optimal to go three and two or at least two and two in this game. So what do you think? Do you like it as much as I do? I do. I like this game a lot. Um, I, and and pretty similar on the actual plays. Okay. Um, Brissett, uh, you know, if Goga's out. Um, I like Brogdon here. Um, I Sure. You know, now that he's really the same price as Levert lately, it seems like he's kind of been a little bit more dominant. Just, yeah. you know, watching him against Orlando, just dribble down, pull up and shoot threes, which is with confidence, aggressive. So yeah, I, I he's like playing the fact much that, better. Yeah, he's starting with the ball in his hands. Uh, so I, I like him over Levert. And Sumner, I like on DraftKings at 4,000. They've priced right. him up on FanDuel to 5,500, so I don't think I'll do it. $1,500 spread. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. I mean, yeah. he's playing more like a $5,500 player. Right. So he's really underpriced on DraftKings. And I then agree. with Portland, the main difference for me is I like Lillard over McCollum here, um, okay. which is a bit of a shift. But again, now that they're basically the same price, I mean, Lillard is a little bit more expensive on both sides, but 8300 right. on FanDuel. Uh, I mean, this is, you know, Indiana... They they keep rising in in the rankings for pace. They're up to fifth, and we've been talking about it as it's been going up and up. And you know he he hasn't really been smashing, but at eighty three hundred he doesn't have to have a fifty point scoring output to pay right. off. So I like Lillard in this game a little bit more. I want to mention too, and and that was part of my reasoning on CJ, and I forgot to mention it. I think at the pricing that they are now, everybody's going to dive on Lillard. I think he'll be maybe three times more owned than McCollum, and I like that that uh, you know break that you get as far as the ownership, and that's what's got me swaying back and forth because if Lillard is three or four times more owned than McCollum, uh, you know there's there's some serious opportunity to gain some ground on on the field you know yep powell playable i agree covington uh i mean 4900 on fanduel is you know really attractive to me maybe a more of a gpp play because you know if he doesn't hit his threes he's been having trouble hitting value but yeah uh, i'm definitely going to get him in some lineups and then nurkic he has really been priced up but even at the higher price on FanDuel at 8,200, he's been hitting value last couple yeah. of games. 58 and 53 fantasy points. He's been absolutely he's, he's, dominant. Yeah, he's playing off. And Indiana has no interior. Yeah, so I like I like Nurkic as well. So, yeah, this is going to be a big one for us. Looking forward to it. Hopefully it's high scoring and close. That's all we need. Yeah. Oh, we won't be alone. This will be a bit of a chalky game, but still you have to pick the right players. I mean, yeah. it's, there's we didn't eliminate a lot of guys. Other than my wonderful Jakar Sampson, maybe I had a flashback to when I was in college and I was thinking it was Ralph Sampson, <laughs> the old uh, seven foot three rocket center. <laughs> right. 
All right, let's move to 7.30. We have Brooklyn and Toronto, 234.5 total. Brooklyn favored by 6.5. And this is a back-to-back for Toronto. They got back on track with a solid win against Cleveland. The news here, we have on the Brooklyn side, Bruce Brown, Claxton, and Johnson out. That's Alize. We've got Tyler back in the mix. And then on the Toronto side, Boucher out for a bit. Trent and Watson questionable. Now, this is... uh, a pretty good game environment. Uh, two teams top 12 in pace. Brooklyn's still bad defensively, but awesome offensively. Toronto getting better and better offensively. So this one is is similar to me with Portland and Indiana in terms of that it could be pretty high scoring, could be close. I just don't like the prices quite as much, especially on FanDuel for some reason. The only guy I like here is Birch as a power forward, I think is still a a solid value. Um, But everybody else is just kind of on the borderline. So for me, it's basically leaning Portland, Indiana in in some of these key plays in terms of the stars. But the the price that does jump out at me is Durant on DraftKings at 8,300. That's like a hurry up and get him in your lineup and submit the lineup before they change it. I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's just, I think that's ridiculous. Uh, yes. You know, 28 minutes, put up 33 points against Phoenix with that yeah. good defense and slow pace. Um, so I, I like his spot here on, on DraftKings. Kyrie, pretty expensive. I, I'd probably rather go with the guards in the, in the previous game. And we've got, we had the mix last game of DeAndre and Blake both playing okay, but um, probably won't make the cut. And then with Toronto, after Birch, uh, you could go with one of these other guys. I mean, we, we do like to attack Brooklyn, obviously. And Van Vliet is reasonable. OG, a uh, little bit cheaper. Uh, and, and these guys, they only played between 29 and 34 minutes yesterday, the starters. Yeah. So Nurse actually showed some restraint. Yeah, it's uh, unusual. Yeah, I mean, it helped that they won by 16. So he he saved their legs a little bit. So, you know, they're they're playable. Uh, Siakam, I don't like as much on the back-to-back. He's a little bit pricier. Uh, so Birch is probably my favorite play here, and, and Durant on DraftKings. Yeah, I mean, this game definitely has some good spots to it. I, I really, you know, I like this game better than the, the final two on the slate. Um, I think there's potential here, you know, for a bit of a shootout. Uh, yeah, I mean, Kem Birch was really the reason that uh, my lineup cashed yesterday. He was low owned, five six percent, and just you know really went off. So uh, loved his performance. Uh, I like him a bit here at his price, and I like him at the power forward spot on Fanduel, but uh, not as excited. I think he'll garner a little bit more uh, ownership than yesterday. And that leverage is so important. I think we don't talk about leverage enough, but I mean, that is something to bring up a lot because the strategic piece of that, when you can get a guy that's low owned compared, you know, to somebody that's high owned and they score the same, you know, it's such an advantage for you leverage wise. So, you know, Birch, I like, but I need to watch the ownership numbers. Uh, the free square for me, you said it was Kevin Durant, you know, 8,300, probably play 30, 32 minutes if the game stays close. 
I mean, just, you know, automatic. I mean, you can't pass that number up, in my opinion. Uh, don't like Kyrie at that big number. He's priced a little too high and grabs, you know, the harassment from Lowry and and some of those guys that know how to play him uh, after I, as much as you can. I mean, he's somewhat unstoppable at times. Um, don't really want to go to the secondary Brooklyn guys. A lot of split minutes, uh, you know, so it's going to be KD or bust for me on Brooklyn. But I have a little bit more interest on the Toronto side. I think Lowry is playable, like you said. They didn't blow the minutes out for these guys. I think Nurse, for him to show restraint like that, which he doesn't usually do on back-to-backs, I think he really was trying to hang on to that game and prepare a little bit for this one tonight. Because uh, I think, you know, it would be a statement win from Toronto if they're going to try to make a, a push for that 10th spot, which is still going to be tough to do. But this is sort of a, a you know, must win for them with only like a dozen games left, uh, you know, to, to make some ground up. So Lowry's not a bad play. I think Van Vliet is really a good play. He's been quietly heating up and he's had a couple of monster games in there. And I could easily go to him here. Um, you know, Siakam, he's so, you know, he he's expensive as all get out. And he does take a lot of shots and demand the ball. So, you know, he's he's not out of play for me. I just don't know if I can afford that salary with all the money, you know, that we spent, uh, you know, in the, in the big game of Portland, Indiana. So leaning more towards a Van Vliet. And, and a Durant, which is expensive enough, um, you know, but still have one eyeball on Kyle Lowry and Kim Birch again. All right. We have a nine o'clock game. The first game of the after hour slate, which you had a heck of a lineup last night. Hats off to you. Uh, it is nine o'clock game, Minnesota at Houston, Minnesota on the second night of a back to back. And, uh, they are a one and a half point road favorite. 234 is the number. So it is a big number. It's tied with that Brooklyn Toronto game that I have uh, right now with the line. So it's getting a lot of ownership. Uh, it's a little trickier for me, though. I mean, you do have the two of the top six pace teams in the league. So this could be the other game, Andrew, in my opinion, that, that grabs. Uh, as much ownership almost as that Portland Indiana game, and I and you know people are going to want to take some Brooklyn Toronto players too. But I think this game is is a game that the DFS world, the the Sharks, uh, will be looking at to sneak in and, and scoop uh, scoop it up because you know they're 27th and 24th in defense. So you start looking at the criteria. You got a fast pace. You got bad defense. You got a real tight line. And over under is is good in Vegas. Those are all the you know four or five things we look at every day, uh, you know, to make it a smash spot. Now I will have exposure here. Uh, I can see why people want to stack it, but I'm just a little wary. Uh, you know, we've got the announcement that John Wall's done for the season, so he's out. Uh, and then we have also Bradley Wood and Porter already being ruled in for Houston. And that's, that's where it gets a little sticky for me. Uh, Minnesota has the majority of their guys, just Beasley remains out. But you've got D'Angelo Russell coming. You know He's been tough as all get out as he keeps getting more minutes. But it's still a little bit of a split there with Rubio 
Edwards demands the ball a lot, and Cat does as well. So now you've got Minnesota playing better. They have some quality wins with this team in place, but they're not doing it just with one guy. It's not they're not winning because Cat has, you know, fifty or you know, uh, Russell has 40 or Edwards has 40. Like, you know, there were times during the season when all the different guys were out where you could just hone in on one guy that was going to dominate usage. So I say that, you know, to actually show a little respect here to the T-Wolves and the way that they're playing and sharing the ball. And they're playing hard. But I just think there's a lot of usage to be spread out. And you, if you put all your eggs in the Towns or Edwards or Russell Basket, I think it can backfire a little bit because none of those guys are super cheap. Uh, and I don't feel you have to go to that second level and go super uh, bargain with, with a Kogi or McDaniels or any of those guys. So uh, as much as I, I appreciate the way Minnesota's playing and as bad as the Houston defense is, I just can't settle. I kept vacillating back and forth between who I wanted to play for Minnesota and just couldn't settle on anybody. So as of right now, I don't have anybody in my player pool, and I'm sure they're going to be highly owned. Now on the Houston side, <clears throat> I'm definitely not an Ar Armani Brooks fan. I've watched him a couple of games now, rostered him the one time, and you know they had basically no – the next point guard up was a guy that like couldn't even play in the G League. And in the one game, and Brooks ended up with 27 – fantasy points when he should have just murdered it he just he isn't that good in my opinion so he's out of my mix I'm just not sold on him whatsoever but then we're back in that scenario again that I just talked about who in the hell do you settle on here Porter can have a great game Tate's really improved his level of play Christian Wood and Kelly Olenek have been a, a great one-two punch that I don't know if anybody thought they'd play you know this well together but They've been they've really been good. So, you know, you've got all those guys in the mix. Avery Bradley's going to steal a little minutes here and there because they're going to need some defense. Um, and again, you know, where do you land here? I, I'd love to spend up for Christian Wood. That would be my top pick, but I don't know if I can afford him. I may go to the second flight guy in Kelly Olynyk because he is getting solid minutes. And, you know, I think he's a decent play. Porter his price is so-so. He's probably the guy that I'd lean to uh, a bit if I was going to go that direction. But I'm just, you know, this game has me perplexed, but not in a, in a negative way. It's I, I do think this is a great matchup for DFS, and I think these are all great players. I just think there's, you could pull eight guys out of this game, and they could blow it up for you and do great, or they could bust. And I don't know if I'm as confident in spending the bucks to go up to any of these guys and feel confident that they're going to do it. Now, you got to scatter some of these guys in your GPPs, but as far as my straight hybrid cash games, I'm I'm just not sure, not cuz they're bad, but cuz they're they're better and I'm just not sure that I who I'm going to pull out of this game and maybe the contrarian play is to just accept that there's going to be a lot of sharing of the ball and move on. So I know that's contrarian take. What do you think? Well, I like how you described that Minnesota side because this could be a very high-scoring game, and you could have several guys over there play well, 
but that doesn't mean they're going to smash their value because it all comes down to price. So right. do we want to spend around 10000 for Cat? He had an awesome game against Houston earlier with Wood out there. He could do it again, but it is a back-to-back, so that's a drawback for me. And we do have a pretty good mix of shots with D'Angelo and, and Edwards. Um, but Edwards set you know, mid-7K range. Uh, maybe he plays well and gets 40 fantasy points and just doesn't quite smash. And right. D'Angelo, we know that they've been nursing him back into the higher minutes, back-to-back again. Makes me hesitate. Uh, so, you know, it could be it could be an okay uh, result to to pass those guys. And I agree, really, they're more GPP options for me. And okay. then with Houston, it uh, sounds like I have a little more interest in in Porter, uh, you know, especially on FanDuel. He's Right now he's a lock for me at 5,600. That uh, is a good price. Yep. It really is. And Brooks stinks. I, I mean, I hate to be blunt, but you're <laughs> right. Porter could, Porter could run that show most of the time. I think you're probably on to it. He's probably the best play on that side. I think you're right. Yeah, so I feel I feel pretty good about him. Um, Brooks, you know, I agree. He was he was a little disappointing against Denver because he got he got big minutes and he did not smash. But and, and I don't I don't love his game, um, but he does. He has potential. He's had a, a game or two where he's hit a bunch of threes and taken a bunch, and he's really cheap. So if he starts again uh, in the low four K range, he's playable for me. I think it's going to be those two guys handling the the ball the the majority of the time, and maybe he'll have a little more success if he's not dominating the ball. Yeah, every... he could play off the ball and yeah. be better. He's more of a two, and yeah. they want to play him at the one for some reason. He, I think he 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 didn't look that comfortable as a one. No, I think he he might be better as a catch and shoot two or catch it on the wing and drive and and dish because a lot of those possessions he would start the offense, he'd pass it to the wing, and he wouldn't touch it again. Right, and, you know, guys like DJ Wilson would would catch it and and get aggressive and and go score. Um, so he he's still playable for me. I'm interested to see if he starts or or Avery Bradley, and then right. uh, that's probably it for me. Uh, do you think if DJ? Do you think DJ after that good performance will squeak a few minutes from Wooden Olenek? I think he'll be back to eighteen to twenty minutes. Okay, so it'll be you know at low 3k range he can he can still hit value i think but um you know risky i think a little risky here all right i'm with you last game of the night your mavericks on yeah, a can i do something on the mavericks behalf boo <laughs> how the hell do you lose to sacramento come oh, on guys that was that was painful i mean they fell what behind the like what was it like 20 to 2 it was twenty to three, 20 and then it was thirty three eleven, and I was, you know, I threw a little hissy fit on Discord. I shut my computer off for a while because I was so mad. That was Look, they looked like dog doo doo, man. I don't know what's wrong with that team. That was frustrating to watch. I mean, Sacramento was hot in that first quarter. They they couldn't miss yeah. on the threes. But when you're wide open, it's not that tough. Yep, that does make it easier. And Luca, you know, he wasn't quite in the groove early. No. And my man Powell was, you know, talk about frustrating to watch because he had the start, he got the opportunity, he got all kinds of lobs and passes from Luca that they just, they kept getting deflected or he'd go up and he'd get stripped. And it was just, everything was just one 
step off with those guys. And, yeah. you know, he had a lot more success with his lobs and feeds to Willie Cauley-Stein. Um, and then because they were so far behind, Boban played in the first half and did well. And, uh, you know, and then the the one thing I we got that I really wanted was the, the big usage from Luca and, and Tim Hardaway Jr. They both got 20 shots. They did. But Hardaway, you know, didn't, didn't shoot it that great and didn't do much else besides scoring. And then Trey Burke. I mean, Trey Burke had more points in the first half than Luca. That's what kind of night it was. It was a wacky night, man. Wacky. And they just, I mean, Carlisle pulls that stuff. You know, I, I complain about him on here all the time. He just, you know, he's not far from a, a pop and, and some of these dudes that you don't know what the hell they're going to do. But that's why I was so hesitant yesterday on the Powell thing. I mean, he only played him 15 minutes and he was coming off his best game of the season. But that is what Carlisle does. He he rotates guys, you know, all of a sudden I, Josh Green played more than Powell. I mean, how, what sense is that? And I just, yeah, and I don't like what he's doing with that team. They're in trouble. And one other thing to note, Andrew, sorry about my rant with the Mavericks here, but I was waiting to just bust on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, this is a, a huge number that nobody ever listens to, including dummy me. Luca is way better. I, I shouldn't say way better. He's better statistically when KP's on the floor. And it, no, one, no other two stars situation is like that. If Beal sits, Westbrook goes bananas and vice versa, on and on. But when Luka plays without KP, he's not as good. His assists go down. His shooting percentage goes down because he doesn't have another weapon on the floor. So we got to keep reminding each other of that, you know? Yep. And we may be back to the Luka and Porzingis show tonight. Uh, We've got Porzingis as probable after sitting out last night. Same thing with Redick. We've got yeah. Josh Richardson with a questionable tag. So we'll see how that lineup plays out. That That's going to be the key, especially for that after-hour slate. Um, on the Golden State side, we have Bazemore and Damian Lee still out. So Draymond is a guy that I'm looking at because I'm, I'm sort of building a little bit more like a, a medium to high-medium build like, like you described. And Draymond yeah. fits in there, especially as a power forward on FanDuel, where you have to take two of them. So he's, right. he's in the mix for me. Um, not quite as excited about Steph with the, the slower pace from Dallas. Uh, Looney uh, is a is a punt option, but not my favorite play. Really, Draymond is my favorite starter for Golden State. And then Juan Toscano-Anderson is another value play you could look at. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not I'm not going to have a ton of exposure to this one on the main slate. Yeah, did you say Baysmore? Because Baysmore's uh, also out, yeah, and that that affects that rotation with with he and Lee out. You, you're going to get some extra run for Mulder and Poole and some of those guys. But yeah, Dallas is playing you know slower and slower, 25th, but Golden State's second, so it is a pace up uh, for them and. Uh, Dallas is now only one game ahead to fall back into that seven through 10 tournament. So they've got to win and Porzingis will be out there. Uh, Golden State is the seventh best defensive team though. That, that concerns me a little. Uh, I need the news on Josh Richardson. You know, I've, I've got him listed as questionable or doubtful. So, you know, I'm not sure he plays. I know KP and Reddick will more than likely be back, but if Richardson plays, 
then he'll guard Curry. If he doesn't play, then we've got some problems because we don't have a good enough perimeter defender to guard the one. It may come to it may end up being Luca, believe it or not, uh, you know, or Hardaway, and that scares me. You know, I know Curry's ankles have been a little wonky and everything else, but he could murder the Mavericks tonight if he's on fire, and I'm not sure the Mavs will have an answer. So it could shift my slate if Richardson doesn't play and, and I go with Curry, you know, for the 27th night in a row, I could end up with st- stars and scrubs <laughs> at the end of the day, even though I'm trying to not do that. But I'm afraid of Curry as a, as a Mavs fan too. I think he could, he could slam us pretty good. Um, as far as, you know, the bigs taking advantage of Dallas, which happens all the time. I mean, look at last night, how pathetic it is. All three of the guys that played center, uh, they didn't even play Whiteside. That's what's hilarious. They played uh, Holmes and then stinking Damian Jones and then Matu, and all three of them did well, which is almost impossible. But in the minutes they played, you look at points per minute, they crush it. So who's going to hurt the Mavs inside? Is it Kavon Looney? I mean, what have his minutes – does he play enough minutes to – to hurt them inside, you think? Yeah, I mean, 24, maybe maybe up to 28. He usually doesn't push to 30. He's really yeah. cheap, though. And he's, I mean, you know, he's, he's good so at rebounding. He's so tempting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm if I don't bite the bullet, and it's going to be plug my nose and, and just, you know, Looney, I can't believe I'm, ta- I'm talking about Looney. I was saying that earlier. Is it? But Draymond Green, maybe you're right. Maybe he's just the plug-and-play guy because – he could get 20 rebounds against Dallas. He really could. Um, so, And he had big games against them early in the season. Remember when he had all those assists? Yep, yeah, yeah. He, he does well against the Mavs for sure. So, you know, he's the, he's the really popular play here. Um, you know, I'm so mad at the Mavs, not that it has anything to do with my picking, but I may be sitting there tonight and rooting for Curry and Green. How sad is that? <laughs> That's going to be rough. <laughs> uh, but I think they're both great plays. I really do. And Looney's not a bad one. Uh, not Wiggins, I think, is a little overpriced. Uh, Pull's really sneaky, too. With those guys that I mentioned being out, he takes advantage of his time on the floor, uh, but GPP-ish for sure. And then on the Mavs side, I thought Hardaway was in such a good spot yesterday and just couldn't drop the shots. Um, if Richardson's out, Hardaway's still option to me. Um, not going with Luka, just, I, I just, the price I don't want to pay up. I'd rather pay up for Curry than Luka, to be honest with you. And with uh, KP back, is he going to get full run? Probably not, 24, 26 minutes maybe, 28 at the most. Uh, but they need, you know, they need... KP to play well, but I'm not going to go there with, uh, you know, with his price range. So, you know, I'm looking more at the Golden State guys here. This could be a decent game if it stays close all the way throughout. And uh, it's not like Golden State has a lockdown defender to, to uh, hit Luka. Uh, and they played uh, two, two different rounds of defense with Bazemore on them last time. That's why I was double checking with Bazemore, and he is out. And, you know, he bothered Luca a little bit. So, not sure who they're going to put on him. Wiggins, maybe? I don't Probably know. Wiggins, but, yeah. Yeah. Luca's in a smash spot, but I just don't trust the way the Mavs are playing right now. So, probably going to go to the other side of the ball. But it's, 
I think you're going to see a lot more uh, ownership on both Luka and Curry in this game uh, than anybody else, even though their prices are high. But uh, I think you might be right. I think Draymond might be the best play out of this game. And, and I wanted to ask you, think about that matchup against Curry. What about DFS? Do you think they put him on Curry if Richardson's out? It, he normally doesn't go all the way out to the one. I mean, he, I've, he can guard two, three, four, and, and generally the best player on the other team. And in a real squeeze, they can put him on a, a undersized five. But uh, almost never does he get, a, get out there that far from the basket uh, and guard a one. So I doubt that. I really do. I think that if Richardson's out, Richardson's out. It really may be Luca. So, wow. yeah, or Hardaway. But we'll see. I, that's why. That's why I'm really leaning towards Curry because that's happened to Dallas when Richardson's out. They don't have a perimeter defender, and that's why I was, you know, when Fox got ruled out against, you know, because of the COVID situation. I thought, great, this should. That was the guy that would kill Dallas with Richardson being out, but they still couldn't win. So. Interesting, Man. interesting stuff. I could see Steph running circles around Luca. I, I think so, and I don't think. I mean, Hardaway's quick, but you know, I, I, he's not the type of defender that can laterally stay with Curry. No. All right. Well, we'll see how that plays out. Um, hope everybody enjoyed the breakdown here. Uh, if you haven't joined yet as a member and you want to take advantage of our full lineups, go to yeah, DFS. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? What are you out waiting there? for? <laughs> grab one of the passes, whichever length of time you want. Come in. We give out full lineups on FanDuel, cash lineups, GPP lineup, full Yahoo lineup, uh, coaches clipboard on DraftKings. And we've been covering the main slate and the after-hour slate. Uh, so that's a lot of fun. And uh, that's the situation. Any questions, reach out to us on Twitter at DFS Coach Talk. You can also follow the coach at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. You can find me at Language Olympic. Uh, we're going to continue to bring you these seven-day-a-week NBA podcasts through the regular season and the postseason. So subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already. Make sure you get the notification of when these podcasts post. Any final thoughts here, Coach? Yeah, I just wanted to say it's a it's a great week to to join up with us at Coach Talk and try us out this Saturday at noon. We always have a a members meeting where we all get in there and chat every Saturday at, at noon Eastern. And, you know, we're going to have a two part series this week uh, about contest selection, which is massive. And next week about bankroll management and putting those two together. And, you know, we find that to be the biggest mistakes that people make in the industry. So uh, we'd love to have you get in there and share that. That's a, a members only, uh, uh, you know, uh, get together for the next couple Saturdays. Love to have you there. And if you're, uh, you know, shutting down here tonight or after listening to the podcast, please take a real quick second, hit the thumbs up, hit the subscribe button and the little alert button on YouTube there. Uh, we really would appreciate it. So let's crush it tonight, man. Absolutely. So that'll wrap it up for today. On behalf of the coach and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team, I'm Andrew Hansen. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow as we look to crush it in DFS.